will be low. Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing anything. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast where nothing is off the table, facts are currency, and at some point, everyone will feel uncomfortable. This is what happens after. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast. Welcome back to Everybody Mad. You're now entering Everybody Mad chat room. This is your boy, Rel. And as always, I'm happy and thankful that y'all are here with me. Uh, y'all know what to do. Uh, always email everybodymadpod at gmail.com, IG, Facebook, Everybody Mad Pod, and on all major podcast, platf- on all major podcast platforms, Everybody Mad. Uh, as I've been saying recently, um, what I'm asking folks to do is to share their favorite episode with their friend um, and tell them to tap in and tune in and check out the episode and then let me know how they feel about it. Um, so if you haven't already, uh, get the link, go into your podcast, uh, whatever platform you use, get the link to your favorite episode, uh, text it to your friend and say, yo, check out this podcast episode. It was dope. It was one of my favorites. I want you to hear it. Um, do that for me. Thanks. Uh huh. So I am not by myself this week. I am joined by a guest, and we're gonna have a rather interesting conversation about something that uh, we are all uh, engaging in at some point or another. Uh, it's the thing that was responsible for creating each of us. Um, so I'm just excited to have this conversation in a real way. Um, that allows, as all things that touch and grace the Everybody Mad uh, chat room, to bring uh, exposure, to normalize, and to connect some motherfucking dots. Um, because if nothing else takes place here besides people being upset and mad, is, is that we provide information and we connect dots. So say what's up to the people. Uh, I ask guests to give their name, age, sex, location, and one interesting fact about themselves. Were there a lot of other figure skaters that looked like you? Yes, because I was a part of a program sponsored by Beyonce. Figure skating in Harlem. So we used to have like Jerry on and Rockaware warm ups because you and Jay Z gave a lot of money. So figure skating in Harlem is dedicated to, you know, helping inner city girls learn how to figure skate, boys and girls. Is this um, still a program that's ongoing? Yo, can you tell people where, like, they can find that information? Yes. Um, honestly, everything is Figure Skating in Harlem. So, at Figure Skating in Harlem on Instagram, you know, at Figure Skating in Harlem on Twitter. Their website is figureskatingharlem.com. If you just Google F-S-H Figure Skating, they come up as the first result. Like, they're a big deal. That's... Honestly, y'all have no idea how I think dope that is. Like, again, connecting some motherfucking dots. I bet they don't. I bet niggas don't know anything about no goddamn figure skating. I'm pretty sure you tell most niggas, like, yo, come sign up for this figure skating class, and they're going to look at you a little funny. Yeah. But I think it's... Same way when I would tell people to come to camp with me. I went to a summer camp for 15 years. I saw I was trying to get my friends to sign up, um... And it's all black camp, historically black, over 100 years old, camp at water. Is it a, like yeah. a religious camp or is it just like a regular camp? Nah, not just a regular ass summer camp. Like, it's just a regular ass summer camp. Bunch of little black girls running around for weeks in, in the grass and the dirt on the land. That's so what's up. I went to black camps myself, so I, I can talk to the power of camps, like black camps. Like, they were dope. Oh, they're so important. I, ho- I, want, I, want, I hope that comes back after everything. I really hope. Mm. Back, like, camp, uh, folks are needed. So that, that experience is 
beneficial to I agree. I think so too. That is a huge question. I I, I think so as well. Um you know, like I said, and that's why I think it was dope that you mentioned figure skating and the fact that we can look to connect some folks to that. There's parents that listen to this show that have kids um, that might be interested in figure skating. The kids may not even know that they're interested in figure skating until they're exposed to it. Um, so to hear that there's this program dedicated to black youth, um, that's something I want to make sure that's, you know, bigged up. That's something that, you know, people who are listening have information to. The people who listen may not even use this that shit, but they may pass it on to someone else. Um, like, the moment you said it, like, I immediately thought of one of my, uh, uh, home girls, and I was just like, yo, this was, I know this is something, like, they may not even be interested in it, but I know it's something she'd just be geeked to hear about, and I was just like, that's dope. So that's what's up. Right. Thank you. Yeah, problem. So, not to get into the conversation quite yet, but I want to know a little bit more about growing up in Harlem for you. What was that like? Um, so, I mean, yikes. I guess it's not very PC to mention this man anymore, but the way I used to describe it was I grew up as a Cosby kid. So I was born and raised in a brownstone. I had that experience growing up. Um, I lived with my grandfather and my mother in the family home because my grandparents are divorced. So, um, Harlem was interesting. Harlem is interesting. Um, even though I grew up in a brownstone, which are, you know, mini mansions or whatever, the townhomes of New York, right? These million dollar homes. And my entire block was brownstone. I still grew up with gangs. <laughs> I still grew up with a heavy influence of gangs. I still grew up with a heavy influence of streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was Harlem. It is Harlem. Even with the gentrification and everything going on, um, me and my grandfather always joke, like, there's a reason that they can't do what they did to Brooklyn and Harlem, because Harlem is just the heart. Like, you just, you really cannot mm. change this the way that y'all want to. You're just not going to. So, I had a lot of good influences around me. Like, there were a ton of programs. It's New York, so, like, you get to know all types of people. I went to a Jewish middle school. You know, like, I had experiences being from Harlem, being from Manhattan. You know, people also try to downplay Harlem, like Harlem's not a part of Manhattan. I'm like, Harlem is a neighborhood in the borough of Manhattan, sweetie. We are cultured. We have a heart. That's because Harlem niggas really try to separate themselves. Like, you can't really tell, like, true Harlem niggas. Like, when I say Harlem niggas, I, just, I mean niggas, like men. Nah, um, I'm not you, about. No, I'm just laying just laying that for the, the, the audience. Like, like... Yeah niggas you're not gonna tell them that harlem is not his own special place like a fucking borough like them niggas will go to their grave thinking hard like they'll know manhattan is a borough like don't get a twist like these are not dumb niggas like these are just they just niggas and they gonna rep harlem like at, like go ask cameron whether harlem is a borough or not and oh yeah they're trash they know nothing about what they're talking about. I just I just literally laughed and then we rolled off the fucking paper. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. That's hilarious. Um, so let's get into this conversation. Let's 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 talk about it because I think it's interesting. I, I'm gonna ask some more questions about um, the role of New York City just playing into your own yeah. development and whatnot. So today's hot seat topic and conversation is celibacy and abstinence as a twenty something year old. Um, and we're gonna put some additional caveat to it. Uh, celibacy and, and abstinence. As a 20-something-year-old living in New York City. Um, because I think it, that that context of living in New York is important um, for a few different reasons. But largely to, I think, to kind of set the stage for some other shit that uh, is going to be featured on this podcast this season. And thinking about, like, our early dating lives and, um, you know, what sort of impacts that they play on us as adults now. Um, you know, what did we do as a kid that we may not do as an adult now? Um, and what impacts that has on us negatively and positively? So to me, like, this this emphasis on New York isn't to, like, overhype New York, but it's really to, like, bring emphasis to the city that New York is. 
Um, so let's start here. Let's let's go. Let's 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 kick it off. Um, how do you one define your or how do you let me let me just backtrack. How do you define celibacy and how do you define abstinence? Okay. Um, love this question. People ask this question all the time. Uh, okay. So I um, I guess we can chalk that up to my Virgo and my chart, but I am somewhat of a very literal person. So the way that I just like personally um, define celibacy and abstinence is I go by the definition, which is why I like to align myself with celibacy rather than abstinence. And that's mainly because celibacy speaks directly to, in definition, abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. And then, like, even deeper into that definition, it's specifically speaking to the state of voluntarily being unmarried and sexually abstinent. Um, and I like that versus abstinence, because abstinence just means basically you are restricting yourself from something or restricting yourself from indulging in something. And in definition, it's just the language for me. Um, I'm very big on words. I'm very big on what I'm speaking on to my life. And I just don't like the language used in the definition of abstinence. Um, and because abstinence doesn't speak directly to sex. So I prefer to align myself with being celibate and being in a state of celibacy in my life right now. Cool. Um <laughs> And I, I appreciate you talking about, like, the actual definitions of it. Um, so one of the things that I did, you know, in just gearing up for this conversation is I wanted to, like, I really wanted to provide the dif- the, the dictionary definition of the words because, it, it again, it sets the conversation up. Because this conversation is one that I think uh, is interesting given the, the age given the city, but then also given the subject matter of sex and, you know, how of a, of a role, I don't, I don't want to say important because it's subjective, but what role that plays in, in our individual lives. Again, I said, you yeah. know, from the start, it is what's responsible for creating each of us. So uh, abstinence is defined as, it's first of all, it's a noun. Uh, and it's defined as the fact or practice of restraining oneself from indulging in something. Uh, here it actually says typically alcohol. That's very interesting. All right. And celibacy <clears throat> is defined as the state of abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. So, again, um, celibacy speaks directly to sex and marriage where abstaining abstinence is, is is somewhat vague and can be applied to a multitude of things oftentimes i think when we talk about when we hear abstinence it's often you know referred from a religious biblical standpoint um you know but by just pure definition of it it just you know means not being involved in something you know holding back from it as we just said and celibacy talks to the specific acts so, I think that's so interesting how it talks about alcohol. Yeah, I, that's the first time I've ever heard of it, uh, yeah. re- referencing alcohol. But uh, again, like I am very big on using words um, and using the words as you know how they're supposed to be used and how they're defined, um, because to me that's the proper context that we're talking about there when we use a word. Um, don't use a word and then uh, allow a different set of context to be drawn than use different words used you know you have um a vernacular that that should be you know expanded um upon as you continue your own development and in that you use the words that have the proper context and meaning period yes. <laughs> so that is, that is how i feel every day exactly so let me ask this um why why did you start uh your celibacy journey so i was in undergrad and it was my junior year um and i was in basically what we all know today as a situation i knew it i knew that was coming yes but previously that i had i was already actually practicing abstinence at the time so i was maybe like six months in 
and I, I left it. I left my um, journey to have sex again. Um, I don't regret any of my decisions, but it was after that whole thing fizzled out, I had to ask myself, what did I gain from this experience? And it was a lot. I had a lot on the list, but I just realized what I had gained, um, I could have gained that without giving myself like that to this person because I realized that their actions that were hurting me um, were hurting me so much because we were having sex. Hmm. Like I knew that that was adding something onto it because I just felt like I am having sex with you. Like I am allowing you to see me at my most vulnerable state and you still have the nerve, the gall, the audacity to do and say certain things. So I just had to kind of be like, you know what? I think we need to relax after this person. We need to just chill out. And so I did. So I did. Um, and I just kind of like remained in this state my senior year. Um, I really only left it briefly. Um, and honestly, because I had wanted to, and at that time I didn't have it in my head that I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this for, you know, three more years or four years or 10 years. I was just kind of like, I'm just making the conscious decision to just not engage in sex. Even if I'm attracted to this person and we're talking and we're chilling, I'm just not going to let it go there. No matter how I'm feeling about it. I'm just not right now. Um, and then I was just like, you know what? I think I'm good. <laughs> I wasn't finding myself in relationships and I never was one to think that like the sex meant their relationship was coming, but I was just like, I want to get more serious about my interactions with people. Um, I want to get more serious about the relationships I'm having with people. And in order to do that, I need to actually get to know people, which means I need to stop having sex. Like mm. I just need to, that's just a boundary I need to set for myself. And now I've been enforcing this boundary for almost three years now. I'm glad you mentioned it three years because I, I did the calculations of myself and that was what was coming because my initial response was going to be, okay, great. There's a lot there to unpack, which means we can have a real hearty conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because in some areas, I, I'm, I'm really interested to know some more about it. And then in some areas, I'm like, okay, I want to challenge it a little bit. Yeah. So um, let's, 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 let's like really dive into, uh, you know, the history and, you know, your own sort of foundation and fundamentals around it. Um, so I, I hear when you say like, you know, that situation wasn't, you know, benefiting you, um, you're, you know, you looked at it holistically. I think that that's something more people should do. Um, I will say that my, uh, outcome in that won't be to not have sex, but I do think that more people after relationships while in those relationships should be reflective and, and like, you know, take, uh, Take a checklist, an inventory of, you know, again, what you said, like what's benefiting you, uh, what isn't benefiting yeah, no, do, you. Do a relationship audit on, on any yeah. romantic, romantic, sexual, do an audit, check in with each other, check in yourself. Exactly. And so like, like I said, my outcome wouldn't be like, all right, I'm not, I'm taking sex off the table, but I respect it in, in the grand scheme of, I, I did some soul searching. I, you know, had to ask myself some questions. I had to give myself some answers. And this is what my conclusion was. Um, so before we like, how long do you anticipate, uh, continuing in your celibacy? Is this founded in religion? Is this founded in just like you coming to the conclusions around, you know, what's benefiting you out of relationships? What isn't benefiting you? What would you say was some of the the understanding that you got from this that you're now you're firm in it? You're solidified. This is this is a part of winter. No pun intended. Um, not religious yet. <laughs> not religious at all um i'm a spiritual person i'm not a religious person i feel very thankful and blessed to be a black person living in america who 
has their ancestral history. It's like common knowledge within my family, records, things like that. So I've never been like disconnected from, you know, what my ancestors were truly doing. But it's just, honestly, this has been a huge spiritual journey for me. It's become a part of me and who I am. It's become a part of my lifestyle because it has benefited me so much. (laughs) Like I have seen the benefit in the decision to be celibate. Where I was just like, yeah, I just don't see the point in ever returning to this if I haven't taken another solid vow with a person to our benefit. Mm. No. I, yeah. that's real. Like, it, it, it's, it's making this conversation even more exciting. Um, so you mentioned having fallen off the wagon before. Um, and I, I appreciate that transparency. Um, I think that it's important to note that because, you know, in, I've heard other conversations around, you know, celibacy. I've had, I've I've done an interview before with someone else, um, around their celibacy. Um, and what isn't often talked about in that is what, you know, that falling off the wagon. Um, you know, if you're celibate, you that means you had sex um, or some sort of sexual interaction and engagement. It could be oral, it could be penetration, um, so on. Um, so what happens in this current space where you're dating someone, um, particularly now that you've affirmed that you're going to wait till marriage? Is there? Do you not see yourself falling off the wagon? At this point, no, I absolutely do. It's been almost three years. (laughs) I absolutely do not see myself falling off the wagon because we're at the times that I did. And again, I'm, I'm, I always say I am not the sex police. I, I don't, I got no qualms about people falling off the wagon. We're human beings. We have sensations. We have urges. But I also understand that my commitment to being celibate, to waiting until marriage is, just making a commitment to my spirit, to my soul, to myself, to my body, to my mindfulness, um, where I know that it is a, it's a, it's a devotion to self-control and self-mastery. So that's why I just do not see myself on the wagon because at this point it is just ingrained in me. It is who I am. It's just what I'm about. So it's just what I do. (laughs) Nah, I, I can hear the I can hear the the excitement that comes out of your voice, um, or that, you know, is a part of your voice as you're talking about this. Um, so to me, like like I said, this conversation is getting even more exciting as we're having it because like it it's 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 the to me, it's the it's the process, it's the thought process that everyone should put themselves through when coming up to and concluding decisions like this. It doesn't have to be sex. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. Um, it could be moving across country. But I feel like what you're talking about, you have put yourself through this, this we'll call it a ringer. Um, to just affirm that this is what I want, this is uh, how I want to go about it, um, and to me, like I, I, I feel like we could continue probing, and I already know that fundamentally, like you have said to yourself, that like, these are the things that I want, you know, out of this. Is this is why, um, yes, and it, it's founded in this, and it's founded in this this place of my happiness. And that's not a place that you can ever argue with someone on. When someone has done the work themselves to affirm what makes them happy, why they're happy, um, how they are made happy, you can't ever argue that because that at that point is it's 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 foundational to that doesn't have. That the foundation isn't um, based in someone else. It isn't based in something someone told them or something they thought was potential, particularly or potentially true or, or false. It's based in that person and the things uh, that are about them, and that's simply it. And to me, uh, I've immediately gotten that in this conversation already. Yeah. yeah so it's just go ahead. A deep journey. I bet it is um, because so what does dating look like right now for you? 
I mean, it's 2020. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, it's 2021. Uh, when when this episode drops, um, it's a pandemic. But what the fuck does dating look like for you right now? Dating right now for me looks amazing. It looks great. Come through. This has been these have been the best dating years of my life. Um, and I think it's just because. I really think it's because I'm celibate. I truly do. Um, I've just been maintaining much better boundaries and relationships and conversations and habits. And I just feel like the relationships that I've been forming with people, with men, have been so nurturing. Hmm. And I don't think I've really ever experienced nurturing from men before in dating. And I don't know how else to say it other than how I'm going to say it. So this, these are the words I'm going to use. I truly think it's because you cannot have sex about, with me. So you have to show me you care differently. Right? So because you can't have sex with me, you're going to have to show me affection and that you care in some other way. Like, you're going to actually have to care about me. Um, the sex is not going to be there to trick you into thinking you care about me and trick you into thinking you liking me. It's not going to do that to me either with you. Like, if we actually start caring about one another, nigga, you care about me now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you care about me now. We've become friends. We are, we are dating in friendship. We are dating with intention. Like, we are in a friendship because, see, when you're dating, you're celibate. All of your interactions with men are going to be platonic um, with a romantic understanding and, like, intention behind them. Because, at least for me, I'm very clear, and I also feel that since I've been celibate, I've been attracting men who are also very clear. So, you're going to know that I have a sexual and romantic attraction to you very early on in our conversations, whether it's subtext for a little bit, just for, you know, decorum's sake, but after, okay, I don't know you now. You don't have to do the nice, nice no more. You can get to the point. Um, but those interactions, like the physical touch and stuff, it has to stay mostly in the platonic realm. So you really have to start developing these actual feelings for me. Um, for real, there's nothing else there. Because you also know deep down, you know, niggas hear the conviction in my voice. They know you're not, no one's having sex with me until I'm married. I'm very serious. So this can go as far as it goes. But if we don't get married, we're not having sex. So you know how far you want to go. So if you're still around, if we're still dating, it's because you want to go there. Somewhere you want to go there. Because you know that's where I have to be at if I'm going to do that. It's it's putting your your needs and your wants on the table from the start. Um, my question then is: Are the men also that you're meeting celibate too? Um, no, no, because they still masturbate. They might still engage in porn. They might still do things like that. For me, for my celibacy journey, I don't engage in any of that. Like I, I try to stay away from even soft sexual interactions, which is why I said like. Any of the physical touch, romantic interaction I'm going to be experiencing with men that I'm dating are going to be pretty platonic. I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from kissing. Like we're not doing some caresses, cuddle, cuddle. No, 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 no. I'm not going to feed lust, and I'm not going to feed temptation. I'm not going to do that to myself. I already know <laughs> I'm attracted to you. I got that. I don't need to feed it though. I'm not even going to tempt myself to break my vow. I'm still a person. I'm still a human. Um, but so I don't tempt myself. That's how I've been going so far. And now I'm almost at three years come my birthday. So it's a devotion to self-control. Um, but the men know they'll, they'll probably still be doing what they're doing. And here's the thing. I don't really ask and I don't enforce because we're dating. So we're not in a relationship. You know, I don't know how everyone else wants to define it. But for me, dating is courting vice versa we're not in a relationship so i'm dating you dating you dating you you're going on dates you're dating people 
you're in a relationship and you have that conversation <laughs> and then you stop dating the other people and you're committed to this one person. Um, so I don't, I don't ever really ask and I don't enforce because we're not in a relationship. So I don't assume any, you know, like ownership or anything over you. I can, if you still want to be having sex people, you can do that. That's you. <laughs> That's real. Uh, again, this is, you can tell that this is this is mature um this is something that you've thought through so here comes the challenge um for you why did you single out sex as the the thing in the relationship that you knew was what was the the paramount or let's put it this way let's take the emphasis off paramount because i think that's subjective why was it sex though that for you was the singled out item that you now needed to remove from your relationships going forward? I think just because of just the, like, if we just take, like, feelings, emotions, and, like, woo shit out of it, and soul ties, like, take all that shit out of it, if we just get down, like, to the science of just physical touch, not even intercourse, just holding people's hands over and over and over time, right? That just naturally to the body builds connections and attachments yep. to people and things. So that's how I first really was approaching it. I was just like, I am just getting too connected and attached to too many people and things that I don't need to be. Because when I'm, when you're done with one, you have to now you have to like shake that off. You got to get that off you to get to the next person, or you bring it all there. You, nobody ever wants to bring it all there, but then nobody ever wants to actually do the work, the shadow work to shake it all off, <laughs> or to at least start shaking it off. So. That's how I was able to single it out because I was just like, well, I don't understand making such deep connections with people so soon that I don't even know. Like, if you think about it, and this was like, I'm not sex police or nothing, but when you think about it, when I think back to my own experiences, why was I having sex with a person that I only met a week ago? You know, that I only met in class that them two times and gave you my number for the notes, and now I'm now fucking in the dorm why am i doing this i don't even know i don't know you like you are a stranger man you could be crazy i don't know you why am i having sex with you nah you gotta chill out because now you all attached to it and you don't even know hmm. and then you don't even know if you like is making you mad it's psychotic like i was like it's psychotic you have to stop so i like that you you brought it down to the the basic the science like because that like hand holding does create that connection like if we go back to like you know like when you were your first relationships like you know in grade school or middle school or something like that it was largely just like a a a, a yeah, loose physical like connection yeah like you like like pet kissing yeah um and that's still you were still able to form some sort of bond with that person you know there were other things that took place of course yes but Again, when we when we when we if we honed into like those initial uh, buttoning relationships that some of us had, um, you know, it, they they oftentimes you know looked just largely like like as just described loosely physical with hand holding, um, you know, some some light peck kissing, uh, eye contact, oftentimes staring like you know, and then again, what were those conversations you know seriously about? Uh, even at that age like yes you are interested but they're liking that person is just generally organic at that point um and again built off of in large our physical i asked the question because i i've started to really put into context that i think sex gets a bad rap um and i say that because i feel like we've grown to give it too much power um, and this could just be here in America, um, you know, other places they're not and, you know, they're not as taboo around sex. These are based off of conversations, um, personal experiences. Um, we met through Clubhouse and that has been, you know, great in terms of interacting with, you know, people from other countries and hearing, you know, their feedback on it. Um, and here in America, we are, you know, very taboo with sex. And so for me, like, I feel like, you know, over just generations of whatever um we've just put this sort of um lens and focus on sex and like it it if not unless you mention sex in the most proper context which is oftentimes you know 
from what I'm experiencing talked about in a relationship, monogamous, right. it's it's right. oftentimes looked at as negative. Um, and to me, like I think that it's not sex that's the issue, it's us as the people who are using it as something that it shouldn't necessarily be used for. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, oftentimes used as a power dynamic, um, as a, you know, gift and reward type of system versus it being a pleasure, um, you know, tool first and foremost. Um, it isn't for reproduction first and foremost. It is for pleasure. Um, and that we can go to science too with babies uh, are documented having playing with themselves yeah. um, in the womb. It is a pleasure source before it is anything else. Um, and so for me, like I said, you know, I just feel like, you know, sex has gotten a bad rap. So I wanted to just ask because like you did, like I said, hone in because you are now celibate. But there is more context that you were able to provide to the physical of it. So in staying in that challenge and and, and centering, you know, your... I want to know what your thought process, you know, has been in terms of these things. Um, So let's say you get into a relationship. This man, you know, knows that you are celibate. But what now is, is there any difference in, you know, something that changes? It's not sex. We know that. But if anything, what is that um, that's changing? And... I guess I have to at some point have a conversation now with a man who's dating a celibate woman or in a relationship with a celibate woman. Yeah. Um, Cause that yeah. would be interesting to, to uh, find out that from that perspective, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would definitely want to hear that conversation because yes, I'm always interested in how the men are feeling about it. Um, particularly to the men in my life, men that I'm dating, men that I'm interested in, men that I'm just getting to know better, but we understand in the back, you know, it's like, you know, maybe whatever. Um, you know, I think for me, what I, what I do for myself and my relationships and, and those dynamics, honestly, what is changing, um, is the vulnerability and the information you now have about me and the closeness um i think the dynamic just shifts because once it goes from you know dating from casual to you know whatever when however you want to define it when it shifts from that to now my intentions are i want you to be the only person right that i am sharing my hopes and desires wants and needs with you're seeing my highs and lows my ups and downs um you are essentially living life with me um to me i think that's what changes right you go from dating a person getting to know a person just seeing if y'all can just spend enough time around each other to see if you want to even try to live life together to living life together now Uh and you understand that this is my person i am your person you are my person we are each other's people and also, I'm responsible for you now. That's also what changes when you enter into a relationship. I'm responsible for you, and you're responsible for me now. Obviously, you know, we're the gods of our own lives. So, yes, I'm responsible for my own life and my experiences. But what I'm saying is just that, you know, that's your boyfriend. That's your girlfriend. Like, you have an interest in their happiness and their safety and their wellness um, this, that, and the third. So for me, I feel like that's what changes. That's what makes the dynamic, you know, from friend platonic to relationship romance. Um, and then for me, it starts in the mind. Sex is mental before it's ever physical, honestly. Um, right? Everything is starting in your brain. All these sensations, your brain has to signal for your body to feel, start feeling those things. So everything starts in the mind anyway. <laughs> so I just feel like before it ever really does become a, a, a sexual shift, it's a romantic shift. The sex is just like the benefit. Because our bodies don't feel pleasure for forever in that way. Sexual pleasure, right? Like mm-hmm. just as we age and things like that, the sensations do dull out. They don't. They might not go away forever for everyone, but they do dull out <laughs> for people, for most people. Even if you're the most, 
in line, attuned person. Our bodies are our bodies and we're human beings. At some point, the sensation dulls, but you can still always experience those feelings in the mind. Mm. So for you, you've shifted the sexual pleasures to more of a mental pleasure simulation. I I definitely have. I most definitely have. Because I have been having to date, right, without sex as a physical touch. So sex has had to become conversation for me now. Like, sex has to really be intimacy. And intimacy, right, doesn't have to be intercourse. So I definitely have. Yeah, it's mental. Got you. Got you. Um... I forgot my question, <clears throat> which doesn't, it happens often, but it doesn't happen often. That's wild. Um, okay. So, oh, I remember the question now. Here we go. So let's say, uh, you get married and the dick is trash. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, do I have these thoughts sometimes? Yes, I do. What am I doing? We're just gonna have, we're just gonna have to get into our spirit and we're gonna have to work on that. Sex is a skill for first and foremost. Let's, let's just really keep it honest here. Sex is a skill. Yeah, everybody has their natural talents and, you know, and things they can do and flips and tricks, but sex is a skill. It's a practice. You have to get better in sex. You do get better in sex. You get better in sex with just one person right say we're you're having sex you're not celibate you're not abstinent whatever you're still having sex you get better at having sex with that person because it's practice you've done it now 15 20 30 50 times with them you're not who you were the first time with them you're way better now so we're gonna practice we're gonna learn we're gonna learn also i have these thoughts about myself i've been at the game three years <laughs> i don't know and i don't know when i'm gonna be married so Sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm gonna be washed. <laughs> shit. Like, I'm gonna be laying there like, oh, shit. What the fuck? I forgot. I don't know how this shit go. Oh, this is awkward. Now this is my husband. Bitch. <laughs> mm. I think about that by myself. But that's what we're doing. We're practicing. We can learn. We can get better. We can definitely get better. So I, I just wanted to hear the. We, we gone. Hold on. Somebody's drinking water. This is real life, folks. Hey. It's real out here. Mm-hmm. We made it though. 2020. December. We Praise are. God. <laughs> I'm going to let him drink his water. I'm not cutting this out either. Hydration. Very important. <laughs> oh, he drinks a lot of water. Yep. Okay. So I, I just wanted to I wanted to hear the response of you know what that would look like because I think that was a real answer you know you will grow y'all will figure it out you'll practice y'all skills um, with one another um, and I, I think that's real that's what it looks like <clears throat> um, so before we we move on um, what are the things that you're doing to hold yourself accountable um, on this journey? I write about it. I journal, keep a diary. I am very invested in um, learning things. So like a way that I transmute my sexual energy, right? Because I'm not masturbating. Bathing, I don't indulge in porn and things like that. Um, I still, this is still an energy that exists in me. I am a sexual being, right? So I have to transmute the energy somewhere. And so one way that I do that is I keep myself sharp. I've just gotten invested in learning new skills. I've gotten invested in meditating and being quiet and being still. I've just returned to myself and how that looks like is... I can go on for days and days, you know? I've just really invested in returning to myself. That's what I've been doing to keep myself and hold myself accountable is really taking a look in the mirror every day and asking myself, what are we doing to progress, you know? 
and I have to figure out what that looks like for myself each and every day. But short answer, I write about it. I journal about it. I thought about making a podcast because of Clubhouse. <laughs> so probably going to podcast about it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I just, I try to talk about it as much as possible just to remind myself that clearly it is not something impossible. So it can be done. And you do see the benefits in your life. So verbalize them. And mm. give gratitude and thanks for them. And continue on the journey of that. Mm. That's real. Because <laughs> I, I'm honest. Like, I couldn't do it. Um, I'm, like, the longest I think in, like, I've just gone without sex. Maybe about eight months. Um, yeah, and I was, like, 16. <clears throat> maybe a little older. Maybe a little older. Just maybe a little older. I don't know. Somewhere in there. I don't know. It, it's been years. Um, and then even if I wasn't having sex, like I, even if that period is longer, maybe I haven't. I'm just not right. looking at it, and I, maybe I haven't had sex, you know, for a year in time. I'm still jerking off. Like I'm still gonna be masturbating. Um, right. So yeah. I think it's powerful that you are channeling that energy somewhere else. Um, uh, cause I, I can, I can imagine, you know, horniness comes across and it's just like, well, I'm going to go and do something else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I respect it. I'm, I'm not doing it, but I respect <laughs> it because I appreciate you having this conversation with me. Um, you know, being open and, uh, sharing and transparent. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying like, you just have to, it's just, it's. It's good for the soul to just have honest, open, you know, transparent, grounding conversations about these experiences. We're just, we're just, we're just things trying to figure it out. Not things, or people trying to figure it out. That is absolutely the truth. Like, that, that's the real of it all. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, again, like I said, I wouldn't do it, but I can hold space and create space and, and respect someone else's space. Um, that is because I know that uh, there are many others um, who are practicing celibacy, um, who are choosing celibacy um, the same way there are many of us who are choosing to have sex. Um, and the two can be true and the two can live uh, in the same environment. Yes, 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 yes. You have to just find your people either fucking way. Uh, thank you. Thank you. This conversation was beautiful. It was fucking dope. Uh, thank you. So let's get into money, power, respect. Um, this is an ongoing theme of this season, okay. and I've been uh, bringing it up with different guests and having this conversation across this, this particular season. Um, a number of the episodes this season are going to center around sex. Um, that's legit just organic uh, in how conversations and the guests uh, have lined up. Um, so that's 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 a reoccurring theme. Um, there's definitely some other shit baked in there. If you, you haven't checked it out already, go please go check out uh, Current Events, um, Connecting the Dots, uh, that Quanta feature. Ha ha. Go check that out. Um, but it's it's something that I really feel like is important to talk about. So um, legalizing sex work. Um, I've been just getting various opinions on um, the conversation and seeing, you know, where people realistically at are, where they're at on that particular subject and what impact that may have just on the overall conversation so i want to ask you what are your thoughts on uh legalizing sex work oh, i'm all for it i used to back in my tumblr days i was i was a girly uh i used to be a little e-girl um i used to do cam shows i used to be on the sites so i have engaged in sex work um i'm mm. all for legalizing it i don't see why it's not to be that person who was all people, but it literally is like the older profession. I mean, I don't understand. Like, if we legalize it, just like if we legalize 
leave. You know what I'm saying? It's like, honestly, things are just going to get better and safer for people. And that's really all that I want. Right now, things are so hectic and chaotic, I feel like, because it's still something, you know, dangerous to do. And it seems so wild because of just what sex is and how it operates and how people, you know, kinks are set up and just all of that stuff. Um, Psychology of it, right? The, The physicology of it. Um, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why it hasn't been legalized, why it isn't just a, um, a regular practice because people engage in it every day. You know, as much as people want to try to act like they don't, you do like, just because you're not logging on to the chat rooms and you're not following the Twitters and shit. I bet you, you got sucked in by that advertisement though. And to me that I qualify some of that, some of these ads I hear is sex work. What? Especially those old um, L.A. Apparel, Los Angeles Apparel, whatever um, ads. Those, come on, Sex had her titties out talking about these are her socks. Girl, you trying to figure out what they selling you. It's socks, she's naked. This is porn. This is porn. And we were looking at it, it was on the side of the road. It was on a billboard on the side of a building. I'm from New York. Y'all be you know what? Y'all, come on now, y'all. Y'all know how big those ads be downtown. All right, on 72nd and shit. That be as big as the building. That is She's porn. telling the truth. Oh, man. You are a beautiful soul. Um, if no <laughs> one has ever told you that, please know that. Carry that with you for the rest of your life. Thank you, thank you. Um, Wow, that, I, wow. Oh, gosh, that was a lot. Um, I am awed by what you just said in the the totality of what you just said. Oh, okay, so here's the thing, right? It is the oldest profession. Like, it is, it's, again, it's what created us. And the full circleness of this conversation is, again, like, the, the topic, the hot seat was celibacy. And we're ending with legalizing sex work, and both of us are all for it. Again, this beautiful world, it's like, these are dynamics that, that can all live in and we we gotta start seeing that like it's it's wild to me that you cannot make money and like in in a pure form by selling your body like you can you can you you talked about you know cam shows like you know we have the only fans wave um you know some people are for that some people are against it uh and it's just like, why? Like, how could you be for? I mean, how could you be against someone using their body? I yes, and then like people start asking the what ifs about like, but what if this? What if that? Like, that's their problem. Like again. Okay, but like, what if you shut the fuck up and mind your business? They're like, what if that? That's how I be feeling. Facts. Yo, I said that recently. I said that recently. Um, I don't know if you you uh, tapped into the major hype um, shit with his girlfriend, wife, fiance. I don't know what her title was. Um, but I, I put out a, a, a Facebook post and I was just like, listen, I don't I, I particularly do not like to in make public statements on celebrity situations like this because they are always messy. Um, I don't care what the situation is. It's just always messy. Yeah. Will and Jada, yeah. Tori and Megan. And we never have all the context. Exactly. Oh, shit. We never have all of the context. We weren't there. And so... Exactly. Exactly. You brought up Cosby earlier. Like, and this is a conversation that we were having in Clubhouse. And it was like people were like talking about like, you know, people being canceled and, you know, you know, all of that shit. And like, did Cosby do it? Like, you know, all this. 
and it was like we can make those assessments and i'm you know wrapping this back into the you know the major hype post but like we can make those assessments you know based off of what's put out there but we can't fully draw those conclusions to to say that we know like wholeheartedly we know because unless we were the people involved or we were there we can't know so to me what's important is that we as the individuals on the outside stay the fuck out of it yeah i know that's how i feel listen and if, and if there's a court case there's a court case and if the evidence is provided and you were found guilty then the evidence was provided and you were found guilty yes and that's a and that's a situation for that space that space right. that has you know that's where it's at that's you know the conversation that happens there or that's you know what's the process that's taking place there uh, and if how it wraps in back to like legalizing sex work is if somebody wants to set up in a house or a, a, an office space and invite people to come in and perform sexual acts with them on them to them and then at the end of that they give them some money for it why is it anyone else's concern let's ensure you know that like you said it's safe like again there was so much yeah. to unpack in what you said like it to make sure that it's safe like do that so that you know it, it takes out of the shadows you know it doesn't need to be in the shadows that's how i feel about it it just doesn't even need to be in the shadows exactly it's really number is in the shadows because it's sex. Mm-hmm. All are sex. So, like, why are we so concerned about creating policy around other people's bodies? Yo, it's like, wild what right me. have we to say this is what you can and cannot do with your body? That seems so crazy to me. It's wild to me. It really is wild to me. I, I, it's wild to me. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand it. Why? But here we are. Um, let's, let's keep this conversation going. Like, let's keep normalizing, uh, talking about sex work and normalizing, um, or advocating for the legalization of sex work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, say it again. I was saying, like, I mean, all day we uplift these conversations, like, all day, because it needs to be done. Yep. Hmm. That might be a clubhouse room later <laughs> tap in um before we get out of here winter i want to say thank you again uh for coming and having this conversation with me um please let the people know where they can find you yes yes and thank you thank you for inviting me i've never been a guest on a podcast so this is like so cool to me <laughs> um where do people find me so actually in the last like seventy two hours, I did record, you know, a, a little, a little dip in the water podcast episode about my journey. So people can find me at underscore while we wait. So not the while with the s t. So w h i l e we wait. So at underscore while we wait. Um, I just dropped the first episode tonight. And um, that's where y'all can find me. That's where I've been kind of posting about my journey and experience, Clubhouse. After being in numerous rooms talking about my experience, Clubhouse, my Clubhouse family finally was like, can you just please go ahead and just, like, do an episode? Just, like, try it because try it. Um, so that's where y'all can find me. I'll be posting there about my experience because I, um, I couldn't really find community and tribe. I'm only 23 years old, and... It's not every day that I'm just running into other 23-year-old, 24, 25-year-old, you know, 20-something people who are in a state of celibacy right now in their lives. So um, I'm trying to find community and create tribes. So y'all can find me there. I know I'm some others. I'm on Twitter at Lil Snow Babe, so L-I-L Snow Babe. And that's where I be at. Same on Clubhouse. Seven. <laughs> nice. Uh when this episodes get posted, I'll definitely make sure to uh, uh, tap in with some other folks that could add to the conversation as well. Um, this has been dope, uh, so I really appreciate it. Amazing. It has been, yeah, it really has. Like I'm high, um, ah, but I'm high like, Ooh, and I had sparkling apple cider, so I'm 
This is amazing. It's amazing. So people, uh, email everybodymadpod at gmail.com. Uh, tell me how you feel about the show. Share topics, ideas, feedback, and comments. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. IG and Facebook, like and follow Everybody Mad Pod. Uh, check out Winter's podcast. We're going to do some more shit together, too. I got gotcha. y'all. Uh, Everybody Mad Pod on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe if you're feeling this. If not, thanks for listening. So the live for something uh, quote. You got a quote that you live by? Yes, I do have a quote that I live by. <laughs> uh, the quote that I live by was shared with me by a mentor. And the quote is, what is perfect about your life is that you are alive, which means every day that you rise, you have another opportunity to be better than you were the day before. And that really sat with me heavy because that's true. Although you may not have all that you want and think that you need, you have everything that you need. So what's perfect about your life is that you're alive. Everything else is cherry on top. Mm. That is, that's beautiful. That's so true. Might live for something. Everything in the world is about sex except sex. Sex is about power. Oscar Wilde. Thank y'all for listening. We out. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there.